blocked by Polak and Rice. Another spectacular stop. Broussard tees it up and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Monday Locked on Islanders podcast. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Islanders did not play this weekend, but it's a busy start to the week. Tonight in Tampa, tomorrow in Florida, and then Saturday, the long-anticipated first ever game at the UBS Arena. We'll have all of that and more. I want to thank everybody for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We have got a lot to discuss on today's show. The Islanders heading down to Tampa. We have a full preview. First meeting between the Islanders and the Lightning since the Lightning eliminated the Islanders in Game 7 of the Conference Finals last year's playoffs. And I'll tell you, it would be a sweet revenge game for the New York Islanders if they could pull off the victory. Also, the Islanders making some line changes in practice. We'll see if Barry Trot sticks with them during the game, but we'll be discussing that and its potential move, what it will mean for the team later on in today's show. We also have our Islanders birthday of the day and a whole lot more coming up, so make sure you stay with us. If you've got something Islanders-related on your mind, you have a question, a comment, or a topic that you'd like us to talk about on the show, feel free to email us, the email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I, We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. So we're going to get started talking about some of these line changes, but I'm going to introduce it with uh, an email I got from a listener, and and I want to give a a shout-out to Don for sending this email. And, you know, he talked about a number of issues, uh, including the importance of screening goaltenders Uh, And he said, you know, in the Devils game, and I agree with him, uh, that it was one shot and out all night long. Talked about that on the Friday show, and it was definitely an issue. But then he goes on to say this, line three on this team has got to start chipping in. They have one goal in 11 games, and that's not going to cut it. They are not altering the momentum in any way. And let's face it, the Isles' two scoring lines are solid, but not typically going to carry us to a win. Parise is a digger and works hard, but he has very little scoring ability anymore. Palmieri has had some great looks this year and has been unable to capitalize. I mean, his strength is shooting the puck, and that is not even mentioning how slow he looks. Hopefully, he could find his touch. Personally, I think it's a waste to have J.G. Pajot on the third line because of his goal-scoring and playmaking ability. 
I realize his face-off prowess lends him to stay at center, but I would like to see him moved up to a top six role. The beauty of J.G. Pajot is he could play all three roles on offense, shooter, grinder, playmaker, plus play solid defense. I would like to see him play with Nelson and Bavillier. I like that player mix, speed, grit, and talent. That being said, J.G. Pajot's play has got to improve as well. Well, Don, first of all, thank you for the email. And yes, I, I understand and agree that the third line has got to pick up their play. And, you know, you look at the third line and what they have accomplished right now. J.G. Pajot in 10 games, one goal, four points. Uh, Oliver Wallstrom has five goals and no assist. Two of those goals coming uh, on the power play. And then Zach Parise, just two assists in 11 games so far this year. And and Don, as you said, that's just not going to get it done for this third line to have so little production. So here's what Barry Trotz did. He saw the same thing that you saw and that I've seen. And, you know, like I said, we have discussed it on the show. But what he did... Uh, basically, is Zach Parise, who has been struggling, has now been moved up in practice over the weekend to the top line with Anders Lee and Matthew Barzal, while Josh Bailey has been moved to the third line with J.G. Pajot and Oliver Wallstrom. And on paper, I have some things I like about this move and some things that I really don't like about it. Putting Parise on the top line when he's struggling so much is one way to try to get him going. And look, Parise, solid two-way hockey player, not the 30-goal scorer he was in the past, no question about that, but uh, still knows how to get things done, even if maybe his body doesn't always listen quite the same way that it used to. Uh, Putting him with Barzal and with Lee may be able to spark him offensively and get his confidence back, get him going, improve his offensive production. Meanwhile, if you move Bailey down to the third line, you have Pajot, who is a two-way player who can score. Bailey who is the best passer and and has the best vision, probably, of any Islanders forward. And then you have Wallstrom, who is that pure goal scorer, who really can, you know, put the puck in the net probably better than anybody else. Uh, That, as a third line, I think has a lot of potential. The thing I don't like about it is that by moving Parise, who has played you know, without a lot of production, has not been productive so far this year. You're moving him up to the first line. It's almost like you're rewarding him for his lack of success so far. But I understand the idea of trying to get Zach Parise going. What it also does is it leaves you Nelson, Bavillier, and Palmieri as your second line. And, you know... I still think that second line 
has some potential, but Palmieri has to get going. You know, five assists in 11 games is solid. That's about a 40 assist, 39-40 assist pace, but no goals through 11 games. That is pretty hard to take. And the other thing about Palmieri, and I know his game is not necessarily to be physical, but in 11 games, only been credited with nine hits. So that number, I think, has to increase a little bit. But I think as far as the Islanders are concerned, for Barry Trotz, this is one way to try to get a little spark going, maybe get, Bailey can probably help Wallstrom and uh, Pajot by setting them up and creating plays for them and, and setting, you know, giving them good passes that'll get them in a position to score while Parise hopefully will gain some confidence and get more scoring chances being out there with Anders Lee, the guy who can get in front of the net and get tip-ins and deflections and screen the goalie, and the best skater and, and, and most dangerous offensive weapon in Matthew Barzal. So we'll keep an eye on that, and hopefully it works out well, uh, and we'll see whether or not it happens. So Don, thank you very much for the email. Thank you for listening, and uh, we will keep you posted as to whether or not these changes in practice happen tonight in Tampa and how they work out. We'll keep you up to date on all of that. When we come back, we have a full preview of tonight's game against the Lightning, plus a whole lot more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So, get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. So, tonight in Tampa, 7 o'clock Eastern Time, Islanders and the Bolts. The Tampa Bay Lightning, the team that eliminated the Islanders in the playoffs last year. And Tampa Bay off to another solid start. You know, they struggled a little bit early, but they're now 7-3-3 on the season. That's 17 points in 13 games. Yeah, right now they're fourth in the Atlantic Division, but they have two games in hand on one of the teams ahead of them and three games in hand on the other two teams ahead of them. So, you know, this is a team that certainly has a way to make up the points and get right back in. And look, 7-3-3 is a very nice winning percentage. We all know the goaltending, Andre Vasilevsky, and he's not playing up to his usual outstanding uh, play so far this year. He's just been... 
Very, very good. 2.31 goals against average, a 9.21 save percentage, which is great, a 6-2-3 one-loss record, not any shutouts recorded yet, but is anyone really worried about Vasilevsky? I don't think so. You see Tampa Bay right now, 19th in the league out of 32 teams in goals scored, 12th in goals against. So, you know, a little below average in the goal scoring department, which is a little bit of a surprise, although injuries certainly play a role. And then the goals against, very good, but not elite, I guess is the way you would put it. Steven Stamkos currently leading the team, seven goals, 15 points in 13 games. Alex Kalorn, also seven goals. Islander fan favorite Braden Point has five goals and 10 points. And Victor Hedman, 11 points in 13 games. So uh, some very familiar names on this team. Special teams-wise, when you look at it, uh, the penalty kill is top 10. They're ninth in the league, 84.1%. So it won't necessarily be easy for the Islanders' power play, which continues to struggle to get back on track against Tampa Bay. Meanwhile, Tampa Bay's power play, a little below average. They're 18th in the league, 18.4% success rate. If we look right now at the line combinations that they have used, uh, the top line, Braden Point, Andre Palat, Anthony Sorelli. That is the top trio. Steven Stamkos centering the second line. Alex Kalorn and Matthew Joseph on either side of him. Pierre-Edward Belmar is the third line pivot. Patrick Maroon and Corey Perry are his wingers. That's a good grinding line. And then Ross Colton is the fourth line center. Taylor, uh, Taylor Radish and Alex Barre-Boulet are on either side of him. Hedman and Jan Ruta are the top pair on defense. Zach Bogosian and Ryan McDonough give them an experienced and versatile second pair. And then Cal Foote and Mikhail Sergachev uh, are the third pairing. And then the goaltenders, we talked about Andre Vasilevsky, Brian Elliott, presently the backup a lot of injured players right now on IR. Nikita Kucherov, Zach Bogosian, Brent Seabrook, Eric Cernak been out of the lineup, and Boris uh, Katchuk is listed as day-to-day. And, you know, the one thing I, when I look at this situation and I look at this lineup, obviously there is some bad blood between these teams. And if I'm the New York Islanders, one thing I definitely want to make sure I do is remember, remember where we're at as compared to last year. This is the team that eliminated the Islanders in the playoffs last season and the year before. This is the team that in Game 7 caused the Islanders to fall one goal short of overtime and of reaching the Stanley Cup Final. And the Islanders have to keep that in mind. And I think they have to understand, you know, psychologically that there's a score to settle here and to come out and be aggressive and take this game to the Lightning. The power play has got to get going. And offensively, the Islanders are not getting to those dirty areas. They are not uh, getting to the goal, getting second chances, 
getting rebounds, getting tip-ins, getting deflections, and screening the goalie. And you know what? The Islanders have balance offensively. Players across all of their top three lines who are capable of scoring 15, 20, 25 goals a year, some of them even more. But there's no sniper on this team. There's no guy that you fear. And the Islanders have to make sure that they do the dirty work, that they get the hard work done in order to beat teams like the Lightning. Because, look, the Islanders can play against bad teams and they need to pick up the points when they are playing opponents who aren't very good. But you want to win a Stanley Cup championship, you have to be able to beat the teams that are good. And that, excuse me, includes teams like the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. And, you know, the Islanders need to go out there and show them that they can compete. I think that you want to make sure that a guy like Hedman uh, and a guy like Stamkos and Point, you can't let them, and Palat, you can't let them have uh, speed through the neutral zone. You simply cannot do that. And, you know, the one thing that happened, that one playoff game when Tampa Bay just shellacked the Islanders and beat them 7-0, th- the Islanders let them skate through the neutral zone unencumbered. You do that, you're going to lose. So the Islanders need very much to get back to basics, crash the net on offense, get those dirty goals, and then on defense, don't turn the puck over in your own zone and clog up the neutral zone so that Tampa Bay isn't making these fast rushes where they can use their speed and take advantage of that to create scoring chances. So those are kind of the keys for the Islanders. Look, two games right now. I don't know whether we see Sorokin tonight and Varlamov Tuesday or you go Varlamov tonight and Sorokin Tuesday. But realistically, I think they'll go with Varley against Tampa only because uh, you want to get Varlamov sharp and he's only appeared in the one game so far and then you had the long layoff. But we'll see what Barry Trotz wants to do. And of course, we'll have updates as soon as we know something on Twitter. So, don't forget, we have more to come on this episode. We have our Islanders' birthday of the day and some more thoughts about tonight's game. More to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. I'll tell you, Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And I love Thanksgiving. All the good food and treats and plenty of them, but... Maybe you want a yummy dessert that isn't so full of calories and sugar. Well, that makes Thanksgiving the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. But most Built Bars have only 130 calories and just 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. All of them are low-calorie, low-carb, low-fat, high-protein, and they're all covered in 100% chocolate. And Built is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a Built Bar or two. And there'll be new surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly, so check the site often. And there's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday 
Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Once again, want to thank everyone for making Locked On Islanders your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. Time for our Islanders' birthday of the day, and we want to wish a very happy 45th birthday to former Islanders defenseman Ray Schultz. Sunday was his actual birthday. The Edmonton, Alberta native originally drafted by the Ottawa Senators in the eighth round back in 1995, uh, but made his NHL debut during the 97-98 season with the Islanders. Stayed with the Islanders through the 2001, uh, 2002-2003 season, excuse me. Played in a total of 45 NHL games, all with the Islanders. Four assists, never scored a goal in his NHL career, 155 penalty minutes. Did appear in two playoff games with the Isles in 2002. Had two penalty minutes in those games. Finished his hockey professional hockey career in the AHL in 2005-2006. We're going to look at one of Ray Schultz's better games with the Isles. December 29th, 2000, Islanders at the Nassau Coliseum hosting the Atlanta Thrashers. And it was uh, Damian Rhodes getting the nod in goal for Atlanta, while Wade Flaherty was the goaltender for the Islanders. And the Islanders got on the board quickly Gary Galley, his fourth from Dave Scatchard and Mark Lawrence. one nothing Islanders, just a minute 31 into the game. Then, Marius Tchaikovsky doubles the Islanders' lead. His 11th from our Islanders' birthday of the day, Ray Schultz, at 7-10. Mark Parrish adds to the Islanders' lead at 10-57 of the opening period. His 10th from Oleg Kavasha. And then... When the Islanders get on the power play, Donald dead off for boarding. Parrish pots a power play goal, his 11th. Tim Conley and Marius Tchaikovsky with the assists. 4-0 Islanders after one. In the second period, the Islanders add to their lead. Ray Ferraro off and in the penalty box for elbowing and unsportsmanlike conduct. Meanwhile, the Islanders cash in. Tchaikovsky, his 12th, from Gary Galley and Mark Parrish at 844. 5-0 Islanders. But the Thrashers get back in the game late in the period when Sergei uh, Vershedkovich uh, scores his first goal from Per Svedvedit. At 18:28, and then in the third period, Atlanta cuts it closer late in the game with Taylor Pyatt off for high sticking. Donald Audette, his 19th from Steve Steos and Andrew Burnett, but that was as close as Atlanta got, and the Islanders skate away with a 5-2 win for the Islanders. Uh, a solid performance all the way around. Wade Flaherty, 25 saves to earn the win. For Ray Schultz, 16 minutes, 10 seconds of ice time, the assist, and a plus one. Again, that was one of four assists that he had in his NHL career. So again, a, a one day late on this one, but a happy 45th birthday to former Islanders defenseman Ray Schultz. He is our Islanders' birthday of the day. 
Big one for the Islanders tonight. I, I think psychologically, they really kind of need this game. We are getting to the point where they have lost two straight and three out of their last five. And two tough games coming up at Tampa, at Florida. You know, we know the Lightning, two-time defending champions. The Panthers playing some great hockey. So the Islanders need some points right now in order to finish this road trip and make it a successful road trip. You know, we said we needed 13 points in the 13 games to have the minimum that we wanted. Well, they need one more point in these last two games to do it. I said 15 points in 13 games would make this a very successful road trip. That is still within reach if they can get a win and an overtime or shootout loss, but it's not easy against this tough competition. We'll see the character of this team over the next two games, and then head home for the very first game ever at the UBS Arena. And I am so, so excited for that. And it should be great. Thanks again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from handicapping expert Lee Sterling. They are free and available on all platforms. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and of course, let's go Islanders!